Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hello, we are Phil and Karen Yates, and we will be reading from Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 6. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Well, thank you, Phil and Karen, for, for reading today's scripture. And I also want to thank, I want to thank Tracy and Olivia for your music today and the band. I think, I think it was, I think they had it going on today. I don't know about you, but I really think that's inspired, beautiful music, truly the Spirit working. Before we get started, let's pray. Gracious God, we're, we're thankful for this time to worship. Please open our hearts and our minds to what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Well, we're, we're in the Olympics. Who's watching them? Yeah, should we raise your hand. Yes, okay. Who's watching them at home? Yeah, yeah. Who's watching them right now? Because I know that's happening. Okay. Yeah, the Olympics. We are in a series called Olympic Faith, and this is the third in the series. Today, we're, uh, we're going to talk about team. There is no I in team. The first two weeks, uh, I want to recap just briefly. The first week, we talked about the prize. What is the prize? And a pri- the prize, of course, is the witness of our lives having an impact on another person. Keep our eyes on the prize. And then the second week... We talked about endurance, and who can, rem- who can forget that image of, that Pastor Jeff gave of, you know, you're running the, the 4 by 400 and it's, you're the last lap and you've got the gorilla on your back. I'm going to think about that all the time, the gorilla on the back, sort of keeping you down. That's why we need endurance. And today we're going to talk, we're going to get into this notion of team. We love team sports right? And I imagine you, you, uh, you OU Sooners and Longhorns are really loving your football right now, right? Because of this SEC thing going on, okay? Hmm. I got one thing to say. Gig them, okay? Yeah. Oof. Okay, thank you. I've always wanted to do that on stage, okay? Um, you can tell lead pastor's out of town. Associates getting a little wild. Team sports, big results, things happening, coordination, working together. There's this synergy, right? The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Elegance, poetry in motion. What do they call soccer, the beautiful game? Because of all the coordination and the unity that it takes to make things work. I hope you noticed today's scripture included some talk of unity. We're going to get to that in just a minute. The the Olympics introduced team sports in 1900. The first two sports were water polo 
and football. That's association football for you, NFL fans, right? Soccer. And it was, and it was for only for men, okay? Women's sports came along. Volleyball, team sport, first team sport for women in 1964. And then several more sports followed. Field hockey for men and women. Team handball, which, is, which we don't play much of in the United States, but which is really big in South America. Rugby, that came in 2016. Softball was in in 1996, then it was out in 2012, and now it's back in 2020, which is really 2021. And Kat Osterman, 38 years old. Whew. Oh yeah, can I get a witness? I mean, she, they didn't want her to be a coach, right? She couldn't get into the coaching piece. They rejected her for that. She said, okay, I'll show you. I'll just pitch. I love that. I love that. And then baseball in 2020. And so we got all these teams really wanting to get in. And so speaking of elegance and poetry and motion and a beautiful game, look who wants in. Yes, USA Cornhole does aspire. That's its actual vision. I'm not making this up, okay? I, don't, I would not do that. What is the vision of USA Cornhole? But for the sport of cornhole to attain inclusion in the Olympic Games, establish and maintain the governance of the sport within the United States, and be a leader in the international growth of cornhole. There's hope for us. Mixed cornhole championships, right? Yes, we love our team sports. And this Ephesians text, with its emphasis on unity and working together, is a perfect text for today's emphasis on team sports. Now, Ephesians, interesting book. We call it the letter to the church at Ephesus, although, frankly, friends, you know, and we've been going through this, you know, every time, you know, we get into the New Testament, we have to sort of point out a couple of things that scholarship has shown us that one is, well, we're not quite sure this letter was written to the church at Ephesus. I was looking at uh, some research on this, and they showed us uh, there was a picture of a codex, which is, a, which is kind of a, a Greek translation, and, one of the, and the most ancient translations have the, the text of Ephesians, and then off to the side is a little carrot that says, in Ephesus. So when it says, written to the church, the little carrot says, oh yeah, in Ephesus. So that's what makes scholars think, hmm, maybe this was an encyclical. Maybe this was a letter that was written to all the churches. And it got moved around from church to church. And that particular manuscript was the Ephesus edition. Well, why do I bring that up? Well, friends, it doesn't really matter whether it was written to the church at Ephesus or it was written to the church writ large. It's written to us. It's, it's a letter to us. First part of the letter, chapters 1 through 3, Paul lays, this is a pretty Pauline deal, although... There is some doubt that Paul wrote this. So, okay, with all of that, still inspired scripture, okay? Probably a, 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 a student of Paul, writing in the spirit of Paul, which is very common. First, the theology in chapters 1 through 3. Three points. God's plan is for the unity of all things. Everything will be unified in heaven and earth. The second thing is the church is Christ's body. 
And we talk about that sort of off all the time. We are the hands and feet of Christ. Well, this is kind of where Paul lays the, and I'm going to go with Paul, okay? Paul kind of lays the case out. And we sort of kind of just talk about that, but that is an incredible kind of thing to say. It's an incarnation, right? Fancy word for saying, you know, God becomes something. Well, God in us, Christ in us, pretty awesome, I'd say. And the third part of this theology in chapters 1 through 3 is that we are created thusly for a life of good works. That's what we're supposed to be about. Three main points. God's unity. We are Christ's body. We're created for a life of good works. So in in chapters 4 through 6, then, Paul kind of lays out the practical aspects of this. First the theology, then the practical, and we're in chapter 4. And Paul is laying out, okay, how, how do we accomplish this, friends? There's a lot there, but I want to focus on this. Paul talks about approaching this with humility, with gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love. Since we're talking about teams, we're going to do a little team building this morning, okay? All the corporate people just said, oh no, HR is back. So, but no, bear with me, this won't hurt. I want you to turn to someone, look at them. If you're not sitting with somebody, make eye contact with somebody and say the following. Say, you are a beloved child of God. Now, keep, keep eye contact. Say the following. We can do all things through Christ. And then now finally, one more thing. Keep looking. We will bear with one another in love. All right. You guys are ready to go. You got it. Hang on to that. I want to talk to you about three keys to working as a team then. Three keys, briefly. We have to know who's calling the plays. We're going we're to keep this, this kind of team metaphor going. We've got to know who's calling the plays. We have to know the game plan. And we have to know the role, our roles. Yeah, know who's calling the plays, know the game plan, know your role. First, who's calling the plays? Well, Jesus Christ, we talked about last week, was the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, Right? Loosely translated, Jesus is calling the shots. Calling the plays. That's the Aramaic making its way to English, okay? Um, Jesus said this in John 13, 34. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now, this is not news to us, but this is Jesus saying this is what we are about to do. When I say about, that doesn't mean getting ready. It means we should be about it, doing it. Sermon on the Mount, very early in Jesus' ministry. We know the Sermon on the Mount for this lyrical language, "Blessed blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who seek justice. That's, a, that's the Greek translation. 
The Aramaic is a little more active. The Aramaic word means, and I got this from Richard Rohr, who I really appreciate. Um, The Aramaic is a little more active. It means set yourself on the right way for the right goal. So you might, instead of saying blessed are the peacemakers, you might say something like, get up, go ahead, do something you peacemakers, for you shall be children of God. Get up, go ahead, do something, you who are hungry and thirsty for justice, for you shall be satisfied. Jesus is calling the play. Get up and do something. Know who's calling the plays. Now, I'm I mean know in the sense of not just know about, you know, I I know about things. But to really know something or someone is to almost be in tune with them, with their mind and what they're thinking. Like Paul said, we have the mind of Christ. I don't know about you, that's a pretty scary thing. He didn't say we're going to get the mind of Christ or that someday we might realize the mind of Christ. He said we have it. Wow. How do I get in touch with that? John Wesley had, a, had, a, had, had some, some keys to that, and, and this could be a whole, whole sermon in and of itself, so we won't, we won't go spend a lot of time there. But you know, Wesley said you've got to have your, have your hand sort of active in the, in the realm of mercy, and you have to have your, yourself active in the world of what he called piety or worship. Works of mercy, doing good works, visiting the sick, seeking justice, ending oppression. We talk about that in our baptismal rite. Works of piety, reading, meditating, taking time for prayer. Fasting. I'm still trying to get rid of the COVID, you know, the COVID belly, so I could use a little fasting myself. Sharing our faith with others. That is, those are the actions. Those are the, way, the ways that we can know the mind of Christ. So we know who's calling the plays. Second, all right, once you know who's calling the plays, you've got to know the game plan. And here's the game plan. In Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, He has made known to us the mystery of His will. This is God. God has made known the mystery of God's will according to... To God's good pleasure, set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time. Okay, so this is a a typical Pauline long sentence. It sort of takes a while to get there. Okay, clause, 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 payoff. To gather up all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. Everything's going to come together. I don't know about you, friends, sometimes I think everything's coming apart. But the plan is, everything's going to come together. Or as you might say more succinctly in John 3.16, God so loved the world. Not the Methodists. Not just the Methodists. Not just the progressives. Not just the conservatives. Not just the Democrats. Not just the Republicans. Not just the natural born citizens. God loved the world. The whole thing. 
So that's the game plan. Everything comes together. What's our approach? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. That's what we do. That's, okay? that's, that's, that's our stuff. That's what we're supposed to do. If you want a sports metaphor, think about the assist. The assist. What's an assist? Well, an assist is when one player helps another player score. In basketball, the point guard makes a pass to the guy under the basket, the, man, the, the guy or the woman under the basket scores. The passer gets the assist. My daughter played volleyball, so the setter gets a lot of assists. The setter is going to get the ball set to the front row, and the hitter scores. That's the assist. Okay? You with me? Virtually every one of the sports that I mentioned, those team sports at the beginning that are in the Olympics, have measured the assist. And so what if Paul is saying, look, don't seek to always score. Seek to assist. Seek to assist. Now, if you need another authority, John Wooden. Some of you folks are going to have to Google John Wooden, okay? John Wooden, UCLA, very famous basketball coach, said the following, One of the acts I value the most is the assist. Helping a team member to score. The assist epitomizes cooperation. We're supposed to maximize the assist, and the scoring will take care of itself. That's the game plan. So if we know who's calling the plays, and we know the game plan, now we have to know our role. What are we supposed to do? Now we have the approach, right? I've talked about that. But what's our role? Well, Paul famously in 1 Corinthians 12, sort of uses this metaphor of, of the human body, right, as the, the body of Christ. It's not, I mean, the metaphor doesn't stretch that long, but he, but he does say this. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And if the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. You remember this. The body needs all of the parts. And what I'm suggesting is you've got to figure out if you want to keep the metaphor going, what part are you? Now, don't be the appendix, okay? I'm just saying, right? Where nobody pays attention to you unless you're hot and bothered, never, okay? So don't, don't, be, don't be the appendix. Now, I know you medical people out there will, will, get, will get me after church and go, look, the appendix serves a very valuable purpose. I, under, I, I got it. I, just, I went for the cheap joke, sorry. Sorry. So, but what is your role, seriously? What is your spiritual gift? Or what are your spiritual gifts? Here's a list of them. Now, don't get worried. We're not going to go through all 20 of these. But these are biblically-based spiritual gifts that, and they're not necessarily things we learn it's things we're endowed with, things that are ours, part of us. I'm going to list, a, I just want to talk about a couple of them. Some surprising ones, actually. Administration. Who knew? The gift of administration allows a, per, a person to organize people and resources for greater efficiency, effectiveness, and success. 
Now, you and I both know, working in organizations, some folks are blessed with that ability and some folks just, no, they don't. Bless their hearts. Interpretation of tongues. That one gets, people get a little nervous when you start talking about that. Um, those who are gifted to interpret tongues helped, help build bridges across cultural, generational, and language divides. Think of the people who interpret. That's a gift. Shepherding. The gift of shepherding is the gift of mentoring and providing spiritual guidance to others to help them develop in the discipleship and faith formation. So what I'm suggesting to you, friends, if you, if you haven't taken one of these inventories, I, there are many of them out there. This one's a particularly good one. That, that one right there. We'll make that, we'll make that uh, link available on the website. But I, I'd encourage you to take a few minutes and, and see what that inventory suggests to you are your spiritual gifts. Our Stephen ministers that do this, if you're, you know, I, we had some Stephen ministers in the house earlier. Any Stephen ministers today out here? Okay. They know about spiritual gifts. So th- my point is, you have to know your role. And then you have to deploy. You have to, you have to act. And, you, and friends, we're going to have a perfect occasion to do that. On Sunday, August 29th, shameless plug, for the church fair and ministry extravaganza. Tracy, it's going to be an extravaganza, right? Yes, it's going to be an extravaganza. All of the ministries of the church will have a table set up, will be in, the, be in the hallways, and you will have an opportunity to learn more about those ministries and to sign up to help, to deploy your gift. We have to know who's calling the plays. We have to know the game plan. And we have to know our role. And I guess I'd say that's, those things are, are critical. Those are, those are not optional. We need to be doing that. If I could be so prescriptive. In 2004, the men's Olympic basketball team, man, they were something. Listen. Listen to who's on this team. 2004. I was talking to McKenna. She was telling me, I was only seven. Okay, okay. Quit bragging. All right. Look this up. If, if, look this up online. All right. Men's Olympic basketball team. Timmy Duncan. I'm a San Antonio, I grew up in San Antonio. Love the Spurs. Timmy Duncan. Allen Iverson. Stefan Marbury. And then, and then some young guys that maybe you've heard of, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony. This team was loaded. They, they were going to tear it up. The coaches, Larry Brown, Greg Popovich, Oliver Purnell, Roy Williams. I mean, my goodness, how many years of coaching experience? They were, oh my gosh, Katie bar the door. That's a pretty old-fashioned expression. You're going to have to look, look that up, okay? That, that just means, look out, this is going to be something good, okay? Puerto Rico, 92. USA, 73. Lithuania, 94. USA, 
90. Argentina, 91. USA, 89. This incredible basketball team led by these exemplary coaches lost three games in the Olympics. That had never happened before, and that was after they lost a friendly to, to Italy before the whole thing started. Now, they did recover enough to, to win the bronze. You know, Americans being Americans, you know, the bronze is sort of like, eh, paperweight, you know. But, you know, they were happy to get it. And here's what Larry Brown had to say after that first loss to Puerto Rico. From our perspective, the only thing we can do is find out what we're made of. This is a great opportunity for a group of guys to get together and figure out what it means to truly be a team. And I'm anxious to see if we'll be able to do that. But we saw the outcome of that. Friends, we know what we're made of. We are the body of Christ. We know the game plan, for God so loved the whole world. And we know what it means to be a team, right? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. In John 17, Jesus makes this point very clear. He's at dinner with the disciples, and he begins to pray. And he says these words as he prays for the whole world. The goal is for all of them, the world, to become one heart and mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So as the, I mean, this is parentheses, as the Trinity is, so are we supposed to be. Wow. Wow. Then the world, let's see, so they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be as unified and together as we are. I in them and you in me. Together. So one more time, turn to each other. Say the following. You are a beloved child of God. Say that to somebody. And now we can do all things through Christ. And then finally, we will bear one another in love. Let it be so. Let's pray. Christ, you have no body but ours. No hands, no feet on earth but ours. Let our eyes see the world with your compassion. Let our feet walk the world to do good. Let our hands work to carry your blessing to the world. And let it begin today. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.